So I know uh, I know Radiant's heard a lot about uh, your your history, your work history with McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's <laughs> for a year and a half. I loved working at McDonald's. I took pride in working at McDonald's. I had the pins. I was a part of the Mick Crew, two thousand. <laughs> It was in 2000. 2000. Not 2000, like something. 2000. 2000. Yeah, that's the like 2000 and. No, it was just 2000. 2000. Um, Some of our staff wasn't born yet. How crazy is that? That is bizarre. Yeah. Dude, um, did you eat a lot of cheeseburgers? I No. Let me tell you, when you work at McDonald's, you learn how to work the system. So I learned how to take uh, chicken nuggets and you wrap them in pickles. I'm telling you, it sounds so stupid. Yeah. It is unbelievably good. Like, okay. We would do it while we're making other people's. I'd do one chicken <laughs> nugget for them, one chicken <laughs> nugget for me, wrapped in pickles. It's so unsanitary. Oh my and then gosh. we would close out the store and we would do um, hotcakes, the pancakes, almost every night. And we'd do pancakes. And it was it was yeah. so much fun. My my uh, youngest son loves the hotcakes. It's so good. Day, so. What was your first job? Uh, so my first job, I was 14, actually, um, and I got a job as a busboy at this place called Scenic 90 Cafe. Yeah. Uh, it's right on the bay in Pensacola uh, Pensacola area, kind of in the East Hill area. You I don't might, think it's there anymore. My my dad, actually, uh, I just saw him recently, and he mentioned it. They they still go there. Yeah, Do they still go Because th- that family owns, like, a few. So, oh, wow. yeah, I started as a busboy and kind of – my dad's in construction. Okay. And then I got a job as a busboy, and basically for – like 10 or 15 years of my life, it was construction and restaurants, depending on how much I wanted to deal with people. <laughs> that is crazy. I'm telling you, my kids will work early. Yeah. I will get them a job when they're 15 years old. Yeah. I think it's good. Work ethic, right? It, it's it, work it, ethic. It helps shape. So, which uh, I guess we can dive in. Let's so. dive in. Well, awesome. We're excited to get started today. We're in episode three. Uh, the last two episodes have been amazing. Today, we're going to be diving in to the topic of work ethic. Uh, but before we do, just a reminder, if you missed the the first two episodes, Pastor Aaron's book has officially released. You can buy that uh, anywhere books are sold and uh, make sure and leave a great review um, and, and all of that stuff and uh, share it with your friends, buy it for your friends. It's been a great thing. But before we dive into the specific content today, tell us a little bit, uh, uh, remind us rather, a little bit about the unfair advantage. All right, let me just tell you what an unfair advantage is. So like, I'm 6'3". And the one question I get, I'm six foot three. The one question I get all the time, any since I was 15 years old, is can you guess what it is? Do you play basketball? Everybody I was has to say volleyball, thing. but no, no, no basketball. Everybody I'm asks, kidding. No, do you play yeah, basketball, basketball because you're tall. Yes. The odds of me being in the NBA are one in a million. Now, and I'm not saying that as a phrase. I'm saying that's the legit the stat, stat yeah. of a person being in the NBA. Wow. Even at six three. So no, I don't play basketball. You have to have a skill for that. But the odds of being in the NBA, if you're over seven foot tall, here's where it goes. It goes from one in a million to a one in six. No way. One in six. No way. You're over seven foot tall. One in six people can be in the NBA. That shows an unfair advantage. It shows that because you've got this height, you have an advantage over so many other people. Isn't that crazy? That's the idea of the book, that there's things that have happened to you that might be out of your control, your height being one of those. They're out of control, but if you recognize it, it's unfair because of how you have to sit on an airplane. It's unfair oh, yeah, of how gosh. you have to duck through the front, the doors and people's houses. There's a lot of unfair things, but it can be used for your advantage mm. if you'll recognize it and leverage it for a greater purpose. So that's the whole idea of the book. We're teaching you how to make the unfair things in life 
for your advantage and for the greater purpose God has for you. It's been fun so far. I love it. And uh, the book is awesome. And uh, the the episodes alongside the book uh, for leaders have been awesome. Today I'm excited, though, because I think this yeah. is one that um, – Having known you for a long time, and I know a lot of our uh, listeners and our online community, they know you, uh, but this is a more behind-the-scenes, uh, Pastor Aaron, that I would love for you to unpack today is work ethic. Because yep. people see the the glitz and glamour of social media, they see um, you know, the family, they see all the stuff, um, but I know firsthand, and I want to really kind of you know, bump you up to say, the work ethic side, is it's actually a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Work ethic is something I think I learned from both of my parents. Both of my parents loved to work. Yeah. They took joy in their jobs. My mom uh, just retired. Well, she was supposed to retire, and then every time I call her, she's picking up shifts after yeah. she retired. It makes no sense. She's a physical therapist for 35-plus uh, years. Uh, my dad has owned multiple businesses. They loved to work. They're, they're, they had such joy in their jobs. Wow. And I learned it. My my siblings all have it. We all love to work. We all love to make the most of it. We all love to to excel in that. So work ethic, if used right, because people look at work as being unfair, and it is unfair. It's unfair that we have to take a good portion of our life, clock in, and work. But if it's done well, it can be your advantage. And it's shocking to yeah. me how blessed and how promoted people are that have good work ethics. Yes. Yet it's also shocking to me how frustrated people get when they get cut or their pay is reduced or they don't get promoted mm -hmm. because they cut corners, they show up late, they leave early, they're always complaining about the the work and I'm going of course you're not going to be blessed. Yeah. Work ethic is a backbone of successful people. You find someone that's done well in life, you will always see work ethic as part of the reason behind it. And and I want to just unpack that a little because I, I know that that should be a common uh, word that people should be able to define. But how do you define and what are the characteristics that you uh, see alongside what work ethic actually means? Work ethic is the idea that you take pride and you take ownership of your career. Mm. So what you do is not a burden to you. It's actually a blessing to you. Now, let me bring it into Christian terms for all of you Christians out there. Is work ethic is using your work as worship unto God mm -hmm. for his glory. So if you're working, I don't care if you are a computer analysis person, you're a CPA, if you're a doctor, or if you're a banker, if that job, if you're looking at it through the lens of this is my worship unto the Lord, you're going to bring excellence to the table. You're going to bring an above and beyond attitude to the table. And you're going to have a work ethic that is going to far surpass everybody else in your, in your industry. Yeah. And that's going to get you noticed. And when it gets you noticed, it'll get you promoted. And here's what's crazy when you get promoted. You get blessed financially. Hmm. And when you get blessed financially, you can be a blessing to the world around us. Yeah. Where does it all start with? It all starts with what your perspective is of your job. That's if good. your job is there to for you to just get by so you can live for the weekend, you're missing out on life. Yes, that's you're, so good. You're missing out. Your job is for a greater purpose. And Bobby, you're so good at this. Me and Bobby have been doing this thing for a long time now. But I, I'm never texting Bobby going, hey, are you going to show up to the office today? <laughs> 
Yeah. The guy's there many times before I'm there, staying there after I'm there. I I never doubt his work mm. ethic. And that's why yeah. he's been promoted at our church. And um, I think it's one of those things of you've got to learn that your work ethic, especially the ethic that the work ethic that nobody sees, yeah, really, really matters. I think I think work ethic is one of those things where it is the um, it is the great equalizer of maybe yep. I don't have the talent, maybe I don't have the, uh, oh, man, you know, yes. you fill in the blank of all of the uh, the negative attributes. Like, I can outwork you, you know, and uh, so I think... I can't and, outsmart a lot of people. I can't outgift a lot of people. Yes. Ooh, I can outwork them, though. Yeah. Well, and I want to give some examples, especially to, to leaders, to pastors. Yep. Uh, so West St. Pete, um, you know, by the time they're listening to this, uh, you know, it's, it's happening. Yep. And West St. Pete, from the exterior side, looks like this thing that just dropped in the lap of... Um, and that's kind of, of what we tell people, like, hey, man, this thing just happened. God yes. just threw it in our lap. But I I mean, personally, in our team, shout out to our amazing team. Um, we've done hours of of walkthroughs of looking Unbelievable. At, at very like minute details of uh, working out the relationship of paint colors, of of uh tie like all like i mean again i can get super detailed on what our team has 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 done but they have a work ethic for it you know for many of our staff for some of our staff because of where it's located in tampa bay it's a solid hour to an hour and a half drive away yep. from where they live and uh so it's not it, that is a sign of it's taken a lot of work ethic on your part my part our team's part to make this thing that f for the public side just looks like this shiny little gift um, but there's actually a lot of work that got us there. Yeah. I've described it this way, is that anything that looks easy to the public was very, very difficult behind the scenes. Yeah. Actually, the more... Um, it's it's leaving Disney at night, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the chaos. And you got a, you know, a quarter million people in the park and they're all leaving. I don't know how many people are in the park, but let's say 50,000 people or whatever are leaving at one time. And the fact that they can get all those people out of there at one time, and you're like, how did, how did we all get out of here in 20 minutes, 30 minutes? And we're back at our hotel room that night. Like, I think I'm like, anything that looks easy from the outside was a lot of work ethic yeah. behind the scenes. So that's why we don't envy and we don't compare, because comparison kills your joy, because reality is, is you're comparing what you think is so easy for them, and nothing's easy for them. It's, it's hard. This deal that God um, made happen... He made it happen, but he also gave us a lot of strength to do a lot of long meetings. Yes. The wisdom of what to say, what not to say, um, the connections to do this. So you've got to understand God honors work. I think it's interesting that in the scriptures, Adam had a job before the fall. Wow. So you got to think about that. God created Adam and Eve and said, now I want you to name all these animals, take dominion over the earth. And that was before sin came in. So your job is not a consequence of sin. Yeah. Your job is why you're created. You're created to contribute. You're called to be a contributing member of society. Yeah. So no matter what industry you're in, your calling's the same. God created you to contribute. That's so good. don't look at your job as a burden. Look at it as a blessing, as an avenue to contribute to society. And when you look at it that way, you'll work harder at it. Now, yeah. you've got to have boundaries. You got to have a day off. You you don't need to take work home with you all the time. You got to value your family. But when you're there, be all there. I think that's one of the biggest work ethic things I'm learning right now 
is I don't think you need to work 80 hours a week. Yeah. I think you can get your job done in 40, 50 hours a week, whatever your full-time job is. But when you're working, be all there. Be all there. And I've realized in my life, um, we're way too distracted to be effective. Yes. So we're focusing all these other random things. And because of that, we're just so distracted that we're going, I've just got way too much work to do. Well, that's because while you're working, you were also on Instagram. You were also scrolling on TikTok. <laughs> talk. You were also talking to your co coworkers. You also yeah. went to an hour and a half lunch yeah. just to hang out. Like, Focus. When you're yeah. there, be all there. Be all there. And uh, there's a. I know a lot of people uh, might have heard this. I know we, we've said it in previous podcasts. Sure. You've preached on it. Uh, but it's it's enough to remind everyone, and then also I know there's listeners out there who haven't heard you talk about this. Um, so a few different things. I'd love for you to just kind of go off on kind of initiative, because I know that's a yeah, big yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but before we dive into that, is the idea of um, you know the RPMs in a car, yes. the, the red line versus the idle and in between, because work in line of with work ethic. Yeah, so your car has um, an idle, it has a, the middle, and then it has the red line of the RPMs, um, which I found out means rotations per minute. Mm. That is like the amount of rotations the vehicle has per minute. And nice. those are thousands, which I, I don't yeah. know what all that means, but Times I researched thousand, yeah. it. 3,000 RPMs, yeah. Yeah, whatever that means. So, <laughs> um, so that's how many times the engine's turning over during yeah, that moment. That's nice. So uh, good to know. It but is. The, the reality is, is every car is made to go into the red and it's made to be an idle. It's just not made to live there. That's really good. So my challenge for you is have seasons where you can go into the red. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in one of those seasons right now. We've got a lot going on. We're doing three different building projects at the same time. Podcast, book coming out. Lots of exciting things. It's a red season. But we also understand there's seasons where we need to go into idle. We need to have breaks and we need to have Sabbaths and we need to have days off. And then there's days you're just normal grind of the day. Mm -hmm. The key is not living in any of those. Yeah. So if you live in idle, you're called lazy. Wow. If you live in the red, you're going to burn out. If you live in the middle, you're never going to shine because you're never going to actually stand out because you never went above and beyond. So you got to go all three of them in your seasons of life. So find the seasons you go into the red, find the seasons you're in idle, find the seasons where you're in the middle of the road, and watch how when you're all there in any of those seasons, you'll thrive. Yes, I, I want to dig into this just a little, uh, especially for our younger leaders. You know, those leaders, I don't want to put an age on it, but just for the sake of example, under 30. Okay. Um, that I don't think people, you know, especially the boomer, Gen X, uh, older millennials or whatever, probably you, you have some casualties. They might have lived in the red. You know, they our, lived dad, in the red our dads a lot. are probably those. They were them. Um, so we, I almost feel like in leading younger leaders, we've overcorrected. Um, and, you know, some of the responsibilities that, that they have are overwhelming. And so to the, which we are for you, younger leaders, we, you guys are leading so well and you have so much ahead of you, but talk about the idea of if you never go in the red, you're going to end up working for someone who does. And <laughs> yes. And so you've got to That's take a initiative. Phrase. Yeah. Um, I, I have seen this so much in life where, um, I told our staff the other day, I'm all about boundaries, but some of y'all have so many boundaries that we can't even help promote you because mm -hmm. you're you're so restricted that you'll never make a difference. Yeah. There's seasons. There's yeah. moments that I I hate it, but there's moments that I'm out multiple nights a week and I'm yeah. working hard. And I met a lady the other day. <clears throat> she has a hundred million dollar CPA firm, and she's probably in her 
late 60s. And she is highly successful. I said, what is it like? Now, yeah. you have reached the pinnacle yeah. of life. What is it like? What is your week like now? She says, I'm 75 to 80 hours a week. Yeah. I said, what? Yeah. Still? She's like, how do you think you built something like this? Absolutely. Nobody's handing you a $100 million yeah. CPA firm. She built this thing through hard work. Yes. And so people look at Radiant and they go, oh my gosh, y'all have launched all these campuses. What's the bedrock? It's God's grace and our grit. Grace and grit. His empowerment. Yes. Our hard work. We have seasons where we tell our staff, we're all in. We're going to the red. Mm -hmm. Now, we want you healthy. We want your marriage healthy. We want your kids healthy. We're going to have a break. But man, we need a season right now because our church is healthy and successful in a way because we know that it's important to have seasons where we're going all in. And mm -hmm. It's going to be exhausting. Yeah. Now, we can't live there. And that's where I think is the difference in the generational thing where people are just living in the red. But I love how you said that, Bobby. If you won't ever go into the red, you'll end up working for someone who does. Yeah. Because that is the fact that somebody is going to outwork ethic you. And when they do, they're going to become your boss. Correct. Because yeah. we promote people that work hard. Yes. Now we promote people that work smart, but we also promote people that work hard. Yes. And I'm telling you, it's very hard to promote a lazy person. It is. It really is. No, nobody would do that because we're called to be good stewards of of finances. So laziness and you know, I, I there's a whole new thing of man. We're, we want to only work three days a week now because there's countries in Europe that only work three or four days a week. I'm like, yeah, those countries are all dying out. And like, yeah, that's a it's called part time job. It's like <laughs> no, that's a it's exactly. And, what and it again, is. I am a proponent of a healthy uh, a healthy life. You know, we don't want to overwork you know the scriptures even tell us don't overwork uh too much but there is a component but there is so many scriptures that say you know what it is like a like a door post on a hinges is the person that just lays in their bed and tosses and turns yes it reminds us the scriptures say look at the ant and he says you sluggard yeah the ant who is working so hard Nonstop. to build because he knows what's coming and we're sitting there going well i'll just clock in and maybe i'll give you know it's just to me stand out, work hard. I told our 20-year-old uh, uh, employees the other day, I said, in your season of life, you should be saying yes more than you're saying no mm -hmm. for this season of life. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to, you get married, you got kids, you're going to have to back off a little bit. But right now, say yes a lot. Yeah. Because you want to be able to stand out for sure. amongst a generation that is known right now for a lack of work ethic. Just a little tweaks and you'll stand out. I love that. You know, let's look at the opposite of uh, laziness for a moment, and that's initiative. Yeah. You know, it's going to yep. take initiative. And um, so I want to tee you up here with a question uh, and just let you uh, answer it in whatever way you want. But to our Radiant staff, to our Radiant Dream Team, I think we can get very specific, as well as all of our pastor's friends. I mean, I know several Tampa Bay business leaders that let mm -hmm. us know that they watch the podcast, and so thank you for listening. But really specifically to initiative, like – one, how do you evaluate your own initiative? Two, how do you teach initiative to team members? Okay, so evaluating your own initiative is is a feedback principle. Again, you're looking at, you're asking co confidential, um, trusted people in your life. Here's what I do is, do people have to energize me or can I energize myself? That's good. If I need other people to cheer me on and energize me, then I lack initiative. 
I challenge our staff and our best staff are this way. They're self-starters and self-motivators. Self-starters and self-motivators. That's initiative. That's initiative is going, I can start something without anybody giving me permission, and I'm motivated to continue it without Aaron coming along going, rah, rah, re, you can do this. Come on, let's get it going. No, I'm, I'm self-motivated. I'm going to get myself through mm. this thing. So part of that is you just got to teach in your life. Now, and for bosses out there, here's how you you teach initiative. One, I actually think there's a podcast I did. It's one of the most popular ones I ever did uh, in the very early days of Made For More on taking initiative. There's things that you can share with your staff and talk about it, but really it's a, it's a message that's more caught than taught. Hmm. Showing them, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I was thinking. I say statements like, man, I was up at 4 a.m. and I was thinking about ways to make this better. And you know what that does? It teaches our staff, yes. oh, wait, nobody told you to wake up early and think about it? You did that on your own? I'm going to model my life after someone that takes initiative. That's good. So I'm telling you, work ethic, initiative, it's so caught instead of just taught. So be okay telling your employees about ways you're taking initiative, and it'll, it'll spread down. Got it. I love that. Um, I want to just as we as we gear up to close because there's some people listening, and I know that mm -hmm. they're already thinking this. They might have thought this. Like I have a reputation, mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's not a work ethic, a, a good work ethic. Yep. It's not uh, that I take initiative. I've actually created this reputation where I'm I am looked at someone who's idling. At best case, I'm I'm kind of in the sure. middle middle range. We've all kind of had our own moments there. Yep. Um, but what would you say to the person that hasn't? created the reputation of initiative and they they have been defeated how do they bounce back yeah like how do they get better how do they not just accept that but that they they reset themselves and they and they kind of move forward in the right direction here's the good thing about reputation is reputation can change Amen. if you got a reputation that means you can get a different reputation that's good so your reputation can change and here's the good thing. Our world is so ADD that they'll forget in a few weeks if you just change some behavior right now. So we're thinking, man, it's never going to change. I've always showed up late. Everybody's going to remember that. You just change. Just change it. Small tweaks make big differences in your life. That's good. So your reputation can change. I think of a guy on our staff. I'm not going to say who he is, but he's been around since the early days, and he did not have a good reputation. Mm. He had a reputation of cutting corners. Um, you know, reputation of uh, getting things done fast, but not right. And um, I confronted him about it. I gave him some small tweaks and his reputation change. And now wow. he's known for excellence. He's known for getting stuff done well. So I've, I'll say this. I think it would be a good good thing to, to close it out with is I challenged our church with 10 things that you should do with your job that can build a better reputation. So I, I, I have them down here. I think they're, they're great. So if you have a bad reputation, just try some of these 10. Yeah. And if someone's sharing this message with you, it's this this podcast with you, it's probably because they want you to hear these 10. <laughs> so run with them. Uh, here's an easy one. Show up on time. That's Change good. your reputation as being the person that's always late. That drives me nuts when I know that person's going to be five minutes late because they're just always are. Change your reputation with that. Be self-motivated. We already talked about that. Encourage yourself. When you feel like you're frustrated and you're going, I don't want to do this, motivate yourself. Here's the third one. Check your attitude. We don't want to know what version... We don't want to have to guess what version of you is going to show up today. So check your attitude. Have a good attitude. There's times I'll sit in my car for five minutes before I walk into the office because I had a bad phone call or a bad thing happened at home or something going on, and I go, okay, 
I'm walking in. I got to change my attitude. My wow. attitude needs to be one that's going to set the tone for the room. Check your attitude. That's Here's really the fourth one. Go the extra mile. So don't, don't cut corners. Go the extra mile. That's a biblical principle, by the way. Number five, say yes to side projects. Like when your boss sits there and asks, hey, does anybody want to take this on? Raise your hand. Take that project on. And you go, well, I don't want to overcommit myself. I get that. And so don't raise your hand every time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes take on side projects and thrive in that way. Here's the six. Be a peacemaker. I love this. You know what it means? It means don't be the drama king or queen of your workplace. Nobody wants to promote you. Yeah. So be a peacemaker. Here's number seven. Uh, stay off your phone. That's a big one. When uh, you're in work and I'm, I'm walking around the office and I'm seeing people just scroll on their phone, I'm going, that's a waste of time. Stay off your phone. Number eight, ask for feedback. We've talked about that so much in this season. Uh, nine, I love this. Publicly celebrate others, including your boss. That's good. It's shocking to me how much I want to promote people who celebrate me. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that's selfish, but it's human nature. Yeah. And nobody wants to surround themselves with people that tolerate them. They want to surround themselves with people that celebrate them. So yeah. if you're frustrated that your boss doesn't invite you on that work trip, it's probably because you're not someone that celebrates him or her. Mm. So be someone that celebrates them. Number 10, last one of this, is pray regularly for your coworkers in your company. One of the great things I've seen in the initiative of our staff is staff that'll come up to me and say, man, God's really put this thing on my heart for Radiant. And God, I've really been praying for you, Aaron, and you and your wife and your kids. And I just want you to know, like, this really matters. Like, I realize if they're praying about it, they care about it. Yeah. And guess what? When it's promotion time, I'm thinking about them. It's That's all good. part of work ethic. I love that. I love that. Well, so many great takeaways. Thank you, Pastor Aaron, for leading the way in work ethic and uh, and helping us get better at that. So uh, thank you, guys. Made for more community. Thank you for being a part of this community. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Episodes drop weekly. Make sure and subscribe. If you haven't already, share it with your friends. And uh, we just thank you guys so much.